With regard to hypothyroidism, a pattern showed up. Those people who were following a vegan diet, they were at the lowest risk of developing hypothyroidism. But then they looked at people who were vegetarian, but ovo-lacto. So they were getting dairy products and eggs, and they were at a higher risk than the meat eaters. Whoa. So what we think from this study is that it may be something about dairy. Well, hello there, and welcome to the Exam Room Podcast, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Hi, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for giving the show a listen this week, or a view, or a download. Wherever it is in the world that you are, we appreciate the fact that you are here. And my friend, you are here for part two of our Your Body in Balance special series here. And today we will be examining how making changes, we're talking about simple changes, can get those hormones, the same hormones that are going haywire inside of you, how these simple changes can help bring them back under control. Specifically, today we will be highlighting the thyroid. And you're going to be hearing me say this a lot on the show today. The thyroid is one of, if not the most requested topic that you guys have asked us to cover. And when I found out that Dr. Barnard had this book coming out, Your Body in Balance, I got excited because this is the perfect opportunity to do a deep dive on it. And so that's what we will be doing today. On the show, you are going to hear from Dr. Barnard. He is here to explain what research is out there on the thyroid in terms of nutrition. So we'll be looking at what foods can throw it out of whack and what foods can bring it back under control. And we'll also be getting into the various types of thyroid issues that are out there. We'll be talking about Hashimoto's disease and Graves' disease, hypothyroidism, hyperthyroidism, a whole bunch of things, and the effect that dietary changes can have on each of them. And then we will be hearing from three people, all of them from completely different walks of life, who were battling thyroid issues. And then they took a close look at what it was that they were eating, they made some adjustments, and then they made some dramatic recoveries. Dr. Mike Cowan, he's a neurosurgeon, he's among them as is Wendy Sachs, a film producer. And then you'll also hear from chemistry teacher Gene Schumacher. The three of them couldn't be any more different, but they all have this one thing in common. Their thyroids were really cramping their health. They were throwing their lives out of whack. And at times, the symptoms that they were experiencing were downright dangerous. But they all came out the other side, and they all are now thriving. So we have ourselves a jam-packed show today, and it's one that I hope you will find incredibly useful and inspiring. And so we're going to get the ball rolling right now in a conversation with Dr. Neil Barnard. Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee Special Edition. This is all about 
your body in balance, the science behind hormones and health. I'm sitting across from Dr. Neil Barnard, the author of this incredible new book. And thank you so very much for joining us today. Well, thank you, Chuck. We are going to be, I mean, the book, it just tackles so many different aspects of hormones and health. But today, let's zero in specifically on the thyroid. Um, When I reached out recently to listeners on my Facebook page, uh, people who listen to the exam room, and I asked, what do you want us to talk about in 2020? So many of them were curious about the thyroid. Who knew it was such a hot topic? Well, it's the kind of thing where people, they may go to the doctor, they may be borderline low, uh, which is fairly common, and they've got symptoms that are vague, and it's the one thing where people have no idea what to do diet-wise. If you want to lose weight, people have some ideas. If they want to get their cholesterol down, they know. But when it comes to the thyroid, big mystery for a lot of people. It really is. Um, Let's kind of start at the top. What is the thyroid? What does it do? Where is it? Give us the nuts and bolts. Okay, where it is is at the base of your neck um, under your Adam's apple. And it's not very big. It's sort of a butterfly-shaped organ under the skin, and you can feel it a little bit if you try. And its job really is to give you energy. If this were Star Trek, that would be Scotty. (laughs) Captain Kirk's always calling down there, Scotty, I need more power. And Scotty yells, if we keep this speed up, we're going to blow up any minute. Um, Scotty is the thyroid. Um, If your body needs more energy, the thyroid is the one to give it. And so if the thyroid is not doing its job, um, you lack energy. Um, if it's doing its job too well, you might feel too revved up. So in a nutshell, that's what the thyroid's all about. Okay, so Scotty is the energy driver. So Scotty's kind of inside of us all, plays an important role in our health. That's now, right. Uh, I know that there are two main conditions with the thyroid, hypothyroidism and hyperthyroidism. What's the difference between the two? Hypo means low. So hypothyroidism means that you're out of gas. And you're, you're going to feel it. Your, your, your thyroid gland is not making enough thyroid hormone. Normally, the thyroid makes thyroid hormone. Uh, there are a couple of different forms. But what matters is it gets in your bloodstream, and it goes to all the parts of your body, and it gives you energy. It helps you keep your weight down. It uh, affects the skin, affects the hair. And so if you're not making that hormone or you're not making enough, then your energy flags People often have trouble keeping their weight down. They might start gaining weight a little bit. Um, sometimes there's a certain puffiness in the face. You can, in, not all, not always, but in some cases you'll see some swelling mm-hmm. in the neck where the, the thyroid is. That's called a goiter. Um, and the hair can change. You'll see hair loss. Um, your mood can just go down. What, what these all have in common is your gas tank is on empty. Scotty's not doing his job. Scotty's not doing his job. Um, And then hyperthyroidism is the opposite. Your thyroid gland, for whatever reason, is making too much thyroid hormone. So instead of losing weight, you'll typically – I'm sorry, instead of gaining weight, you'll typically lose weight. Now, there are some exceptions uh, where you can be hyperthyroid and your appetite revs up and you'll start gaining, gaining weight. That can happen. But people feel too energetic. They feel warm. Sometimes, I mean, physically warm. Mm. You'll feel um, nervous, anxious. Your sleep is disturbed. You just cannot settle down. So one is hypo, the other is hyper. Uh, Hypothyroidism, is that tied to Hashimoto's disease? Um, That's the most common 
type, uh, at least here okay. in, in the United States. Yes, Hashimoto's thyroiditis. It was named uh, for Dr. Hashimoto, um, who lived in Japan. And in 1912, um, he identified an autoimmune condition where antibodies are attacking the thyroid gland and they're making it not be able to get the thyroid hormone out. That's Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And conversely, Graves' disease is hyperthyroidism. Right, exactly. Yeah, and grave does not mean it's a really bad disease. Good it, to know. It's, 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 <laughs> it's not a good disease, but the name come, came from another doctor, uh, Robert Graves, who back in the 1800s identified this condition of hyperthyroidism, so it was named for him. So now we know a little bit about the two. What causes these things? Do we know? Yeah. Um, there's a, a difference between the United States and much of the rest of the world, actually. If it's, if it's low thyroid, the biggest reason worldwide is a pretty simple one. To make thyroid hormone, you need iodine. And iodine is not in very many foods. And so worldwide, the most common reason for hypothyroidism is just people are not getting the iodine that they need. Uh, the reason that's not an issue in the United States is in 1924, the Morton Company said, let there be iodine in salt. <laughs> and so it overnight um, re really removed this most common cause of hypothyroidism. Um, now, I hasten to mention that if you get Himalayan salt or sea salt or kosher salt, these are not iodized typically. Typically, mm. um, you can. There are some brands that are, but for the most part, they're not. And it'll say on the label if it is. But that really wiped it out. Um, in a coastal area, where people might have a seaweed salad a few times a week, sure. Um, sea vegetables are loaded with iodine. You're not going to see hypothyroidism on that basis in those areas. But you live in Nebraska, um, so, <laughs> so or somewhere else, and so as a result of that, you may not be getting your sea vegetables right. very often. Um, and so if you're not using iodized salt and you're not getting your sea vegetables, you could run hypothyroid. And, and, and that can, in fact, happen. Uh, what are some other sources? I, I think uh, sea vegetables, that makes me immediately think of sushi, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. So, in fact, I'd encourage people to go to a sushi restaurant. Don't have the fish sushi right. unless you're very well insured. Um, <laughs> however, however, any Japanese restaurant worth its salt will have um, – Waka waka. <laughs> it'll, have, it'll have cucumber sushi. They'll have the asparagus rolls. They'll have the tofu roll or the gourd roll or the sweet potato roll. And they also have a seaweed salad. Um, and so all of those, the, the, in, in the, the sushi, it's nori, N-O-R-I. Um, in a miso soup, there's often wakame, which is the uh, seaweed that they add to that. Um, what, by the way, I have a couple of recipes in the book. that Lin, and, and by the way, let me praise Lindsay Nixon for pulling together the most fabulous recipes for your body and balance. But we have some really nice, very quick-to-make recipes. You can take arame seaweed, mix it with some... Um, Cucumbers, put a little bit of, of vinegar, seasoned vinegar on there, a little splash of salt. takes about three minutes. It's the lightest, most delicate, delicious salad you ever had, and your thyroid will praise you. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, um, back on what causes uh, – you asked me this important question. Forgive me, for, Chuck, for this really long All answer. Good. Uh, but here, here's the thing. Um, worldwide, the, the big reason for hypothyroidism is lack of iodine. In the United States, because of Morton Salt, um, we don't see that as the most common reason. The most common reason here in the United States is an autoimmune attack. This is Hashimoto's. So something in the body has caused antibodies to form. Antibodies are there to knock out viruses. 
are bacteria. Mm -hmm. And they're like little torpedoes that form in your body. White blood cells make them, and they're there to shoot down an invader. For some reason, these antibodies have formed. And what are they doing? They're going to your neck, and they're, they're hitting on the thyroid tissue. So it can't make, it's, it's being attacked, it can't make thyroid hormone normally. In the United States, the biggest reason for hypothyroidism is an autoimmune attack, not a lack of iodine. Well, let me ask you this, because I know that uh, with other autoimmune disorders, if a person adjusts their diet, they can see just dramatic improvements. Is um, the same here? Yeah. Now, it's, 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 it's too early to make definitive conclusions on this, because we haven't done the randomized trial where I'm going to change your diet and I'll have a control group and so forth. But we have some really cool clues. And the some of the best uh, or most interesting evidence came from Seventh-day Adventists, whom we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. Um, this population has been under the microscope by every researcher in civilization <laughs> because you have this huge number of people who are very health conscious. And they don't smoke, teetotalers, um, and if, you're in, if they're in a research study, they're extremely good at recording what they eat and so forth. But uh, some are meat eaters. Some eat only fish. Some are ovo-lacto-vegetarians, some are vegans, and so forth. So you can, you can uh, compare how they do. With regard to hypothyroidism, a pattern showed up, which is those people who were following a vegan diet, and when I say vegan, all I mean is animal products were not in what they ate. Um, they were at the lowest risk of developing, of, of developing hypothyroidism. They were lower than, than the meat eaters and so forth. Mm-hmm. But then they looked at people who were vegetarian but ovo-lacto. So they were getting dairy products and eggs, and they were at higher risk than the meat eaters. Whoa. So what we think from this study is that there may be something about dairy. Now, the differences were, were, were rather modest. Um, there was some variability. This conceivably could have been chance, but the pattern seemed to hold so that if the dairy products were not in the diet, you were at reduced risk if they were a big part of your diet because you're not a meat eater. You're having cheese pizza and grilled cheese, as many ovo-lactos do. They were at the highest risk. we're, We're guessing the dairy protein is the issue because it often is in autoimmune conditions. Now, for hyperthyroidism, they also looked at hyperthyroidism, and here the situation was similar. Once again, the people following a vegan diet were at the lowest risk, a substantially lower risk compared to the meat eaters. Now, it could have been chance, but it, it, looked, it looked real. Right. Um, however, and now in this case, the ovo-lactose were sort of between the vegans and the meat eaters. They weren't at super high risk, but the, the meat eaters, the omnivores did the worst, the vegans did the best. Um, and let me, let me mention just one last thing about sure. this. I've been talking about these torpedoes antibodies that are attacking the thyroid, causing hypothyroidism. It turns out that if, uh, if these antibodies, these torpedoes that attack the thyroid gland, they can also damage the regulatory machinery in the gland. So in some cases, they cause hyperthyroidism because, because what they're destroying now is your ability to control it. Um, that's Graves' disease. So now the, the thyroid is cranking up way too much. Because, but, but again, it's, it's antibodies. So you go to the doctor. The doctor will do various blood tests, and among these tests are thyroid uh, antibodies, and you can identify them. 
Lots of information there, and you may have a question. So this will be a good time to go ahead and post it in the comments section below uh, if you're watching this live. If not, go ahead and also leave a comment, and we will try our best to get to the question in a future episode. Um, also in your book, I thought that it was really interesting that you gave a little bit of advice for people who were already on thyroid hormones, like Synthroid. What advice could you give them? Um, here, here's the advice. Um, they often wonder if certain foods will affect them one way or the other. And the answer is lots of foods will, but it's only because they reduce the absorption of the medication. So you're at breakfast and you're taking your various pills. If you're having food with your thyroid medication, it's not going to work as well. Mm -hmm. it, 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 it just is harder to absorb. So take the pills on an empty stomach. Uh, some people have wondered if, if soy products could be a particular issue here. And we really don't have good evidence that soy has any negative uh, effect on the thyroid. But um, don't take your pills with, with soy or any other food. Take them on an empty stomach. You think maybe take them about a half an hour before you eat? Yeah, yes, yes, exactly. Um, let, let the pill go through right. you know, <laughs> before you start putting other food on top of it. Um, what about fiber? I know that uh, maybe fiber plays a role in being able to absorb the, uh, the synthetic thyroid hormone? Um, Yes. Um, with the, the, the synthetic hormones are fine, um, but you do want to take it on a completely empty stomach. Right. Um, and you're going to be all right. Okay. Uh, good deals. Um, before we get to any other questions, I, I do know that one of the ones that we had gotten in advance was, you know, really kind of a, an important one. And it comes from somebody who was like, okay, I've been eating a plant-based diet, but it doesn't seem to be working for my thyroid. Okay. What's going on? Um, well, it's hard to know for any given individual, but keep in mind there are two issues um, with regard to thyroid. One is this autoimmune attack that sh should be reduced in a person on a vegan diet. But the biggest reason then worldwide is a lack of iodine. So let's say a person goes on a vegan diet, um, and if their iodine levels, the iodine intake falls, that could be an issue. Um, it's a relatively easy thing to increase your iodine intake. You can actually go to the store and get it. Um, the amount you need is 150 micrograms per day. But Chuck, let me tell you one funny thing. Um, or not exactly funny. Um, <laughs> one, one of the sources of iodine, believe it or not, um, is milk because... Um, it's not that the cows are busily eating sea vegetables. It's because iodine is used in the sterilizing fluids that are used in the in the milking machinery. Yeah, um, it's kind of a creepy thing, uh, but you will get iodine that was kind of used there to hose down the machinery. <laughs> it gets into the milk, and you will get it in your body. Um, so when people are um, are when, anyway, when people are going vegan, you, you got to make sure you take your take your iodine. So you can do it as a pill, uh, but I would really encourage people to do it as as seaweed right so it seems know. to be the easiest thing i like that recipe that you gave earlier that's uh, that Lindsay developed for the book oh you, yeah and there are a couple others too you'll you'll really like it and and do go frankly people ought to get to know japanese food um i grew up in north dakota never heard of it um but um if your friends are all going to the sushi bar um there are two advantages. Number one, there's lots of vegan options. Stick with those. The miso soup, the seaweed salad, the house salad, the, the nori rolls, and so forth. Um, but also, they tend to be very low in fat. Uh, Japanese foods typically mm -hmm. are. So there you go. Yeah, uh, you can even find some nice uh, sushi, vegetable sushi in, in most grocery stores these days. They, they hire sushi chefs right there. They make it fresh every day. And you can go to the store, and frankly, you can buy. Um, there are a variety of uh, 
of snacks. Uh, you, you'll see nori rolls that are designed to roll up sushi, but you can get it and eat it like a potato chip. Huh. And, and some of them, they <clears throat> will salt up and put wasabi on them. And huh. it's, a, it's a snack, a little cut above the barbecue potato chips. I bet you can't eat just one. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> uh, question time. Before we uh, actually a- answer the first, I should say that you and I – uh, are going to be doing a live podcast taping all about the book. So a lot of ground to cover there. Uh, February 7th here in Washington, D.C. at Busboys and Poets. If you're interested in attending, head over to pcrm.org slash yourbodyandbalance. You can find the RSVP information there. And ticket price includes a copy of the book. And I know that you are also about to embark on an extensive book tour as well. I mean, you're, you're about to rack up some serious frequent flyer miles. Well, um, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, February 4th, we're in New York. February 4th and 5th, we've got two events in New York. And February 6th, we are in Baltimore. And as you mentioned, the 7th, if I hope, hope I'm getting the dates right, yep. 7th and 8th, we're here in Washington, yep. D.C. Yep. Um, and I'm really hoping that not only the people will come, but more importantly, all the conditions we're talking about in your body and balance are things where people really don't have a clue. I'm talking about the young woman who's got menstrual cramps that are driving her crazy, the woman who's got endometriosis, and the doctor said, there's nothing you can do, the couple dealing with infertility, the man who's got erectile dysfunction uh, or where there's testicular cancer or prostate cancer in his family, and he's told this is all genetics. Your body and balance tackles all of those. And so what I'm hoping people will do is drag their reluctant spouse uh, <laughs> to these lectures because I'm going to be looking them in the eye and I'm going to hopefully provide some information that they can put to, to, to use, not to mention some, some of uh, Lindsay's fabulous uh, recipes. And I got to tell you, you know, for the past few months, I've had the opportunity to sit down and interview a number of the people who've been featured in this book. And the stories of transformation are just incredible. Um, there are, and they, they are very, very, very impressive. And, and I have to say, in, in many cases, we just come upon them accidentally, where we're talking with people who might have changed their diet because they were an environmentalist. Um, they were animal-oriented, so they went vegan for that reason, and suddenly their thyroid <laughs> improves. Um, or they had a high cholesterol, and mm-hmm. that's why they changed their diet, not guessing. Right. That their thyroid can get better. And, and here's the, the beauty of it. Um, let's say you did this to, to lower your cholesterol. You went totally vegan. Your thyroid clears up, which we have seen cases of, um, not infrequently. When that happens and you get your thyroid back in balance, then people start losing that unwanted weight. Their energy, which maybe they didn't really notice how kind of down in the dumps they were, their energy just comes back. Yeah. They feel more like they felt when they were 12 years old. You know, yeah. They've got that energy and um, their hair starts looking better. Their their skin looks better. Well, speaking of skin, um, matter of fact, just this week, uh, the very first episode of the Your Body and Balance podcast series came out and it was uh, the interview you and I did with Nina and Randa Nelson, oh, the twins yes. out in Los Angeles who had just this horrible, horrible acne to the point where they, they told us that they would just lock themselves inside their home. They wouldn't come out during their outbreaks. And then they adjusted their diet, and lo and behold, the acne clears up. Um, yes. i got to say, Nina and Rand are wonderful. Um, and as, as, as you know, they're performers. They're musicians, and, and they, they want to look good yeah. on stage. And suddenly they started getting this acne. But they didn't put up with it. They went online and they figured, okay, vegan. Already, they were already vegan. They went very scrupulously low fat. Everything got better. And they have been banging the drum. And uh, they, and, and I say, they, I have to say they have a beautiful family. Their, their dad, Jeff, uh, um, is uh, very active online and really getting a helpful message uh, for people who want to know um, 
it's, it's the veg source I'm talking about, just doing a wonderful job letting people know about vegan nutrition. Yeah, he's a great guy. Uh, that, that whole family, like you said, is fantastic. Uh, definitely check out that episode. Head over, uh, head over to Apple Podcast or wherever podcasts are available and subscribe to the Exam Room Podcast by the Physicians Committee. And uh, I guarantee that you, you might even be moved to tears with some of the stories you're about to hear. Uh, are you ready for some questions? Okay, sure. Let's uh, see what we can do. Let's start with Julianne. I had to put on my glasses to read this. Uh, Laura's been texting them to me. Thank you, Laura. Uh, Julianne writes in, Hello, I wish there were more info for people with no thyroid trying to keep up with the diet and natural uh, desiccated meds. Okay. Um, I, I know what she means. Um, she, or I presume that, that if a person has had, say, thyroid cancer, there are certain other conditions where the thyroid might be removed. Um, and at that point, they are going to need to be taking thyroid supplementation for the rest of their, of their life. And way back when, this was, an an, was animal-derived thyroid. Um, nowadays, there are synthetics. And she's saying, help me. You know, let me, let me have a good source of, uh, source of information on this. And... Um, it is. She's absolutely right. It is a, a moving science, and, and as the new products come out, but but hopefully uh, you have a good endocrinologist. Um, this is their job right. to, to know um, a what you're taking and b the right levels for you. Trina wants to know: Is this uh, issue for both men and women, or is this exclusive to one gender? Uh, this is for both men and women. Um, in fact, in the in your body and balance, we give examples of both men and women who have who have dealt with this, and 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 you will see it. Matter of fact, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcast uh, a little bit later on, uh, we have some incredible interviews coming up with uh, Dr. Mike Cowan, Wendy Sachs, and Jeannie Schumacher. You, you want to talk about three people who went through the trenches with their thyroid but came out on the other side. I mean, it's just remarkable what these, yeah. what these guys went through. It certainly is. Uh, Brenda has a question. Do you have any advice for helping kids with hypothyroidism? Um, it's unusual. And, and by the way, do see your physician about this, and the physician is going to bring in an endocrinologist. Those are the experts when it comes to thyroid. Um, so you don't want to neglect that. That said, the issues, we want to start with the basics. There does have to be iodine in the diet, um, and it's a relatively easy matter of getting it. But if a person never uses iodized salt and they never have any sea vegetables, um, it's possible to run low. So your pediatrician can work with you on that as well. Um, the antibody conditions typically don't kick in until later. Karen has an interesting one. Is hypothyroidism related to aging? Um, only that the longer you have been around, um, the more <laughs> the, the, the more <laughs> possible it is for you to have had the antibody attack or to run low on, on thyroid. So, so as I mentioned, you, you can see these things in kids. They're more common in adults. Lynette has uh, one here that uh, I think she's just looking for a little bit of clarity. Is there a difference between autoimmune hypothyroid problems such as Hashimoto's and non-autoimmune hypothyroid issues? Yeah, completely different causes. Um, the, the, if, if a person has hypothyroidism that's not immune, that's the, I'm not getting my iodine, so my, my thyroid is perfectly healthy, but it doesn't have the iodine to build thyroid hormone with. Um, and worldwide, that's the big reason. So that's the, the treatment for that is easy, get your iodine. Um, but the autoimmune condition 
is completely separate. You might be getting all the iodine in the world. Um, don't do this. But, <laughs> you, but if, you're get, if you're getting adequate amounts of iodine. Um, but, you know, iodine, like, like many things, you want to get a little. You don't want to get a lot. Right. You want to get the right amount. But, but if, if that's not the issue, then the big issue is, is an autoimmune condition. Totally different. What is the sweet spot for iodine? How much should we be getting? 150 micrograms a day. Okay. 100. And, the- and, what, the, and what that means, um, let's say you're using salt. This does not mean take the salt thing and go, <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, about maybe a third of a teaspoon, something like that. So it, it's not much. By, by the way, the salt that they use at the restaurant Right. Probably not iodized salt. Really? This is the one that you buy that you've got at home, the little blue thing with the girl in the... With the yellow umbrella? That's the one. (laughs) Okay. That's not the only brand. There are other brands, but those those are the people who started it. Um, Let's uh, wrap things up here. Debbie has a a good question, and I think that it's one that... uh a lot of people might be wondering. February 4th is the release date of the book, but she is curious if you have any uh, plans to do an audio version of the book. Yes. There is going to be an audio uh, audio version of the book, and it's already, I believe, available for pre-order. Ooh. Um, And I don't... I don't know if it's actually been recorded yet. I think that, I think I'm not going to be the voice of it. Oh, really? No. Can you believe that? I'm. I, that's. I, we could do it right here, right here. I would love to do it. <laughs> anyway, yes. Yeah. I, I noticed Amazon is featuring it. I think you can order it. And I don't know. It's possible it's been recorded already. I have no idea. I, I said I will do this, um, and they said, Doctor Barnard, it'll take four days to read your entire book. Uh-huh. I said, Oh, okay. They want somebody else. How do you like that? <laughs> I mean, maybe you do the first half. Maybe you get a sound delight. <laughs> I could do every other second. word. Yeah, right. Uh, okay, so uh, here's here's what you need to do to pre-order the book. You head over to pcrm.org slash yourbodyandbalance, and that is where you can find all of the information. You can pre-order it there from Amazon, from Barnes & Noble, from so many different places, basically wherever books are available. It's right there. Also, all the information for your upcoming book tour is going to be up there. I know that you mentioned a whole bunch of cities. I know that uh, we'll be in Florida next month as well. I mean, you're you're just bouncing all over the place. Yes, I hope people will go on to our website at pcrm.org. You will see the whole tour schedule there. We're adding additional days there, but I'm hoping people will come out. Um, it's as I said, it's a whole new area of health and one that I'm super excited about. And if if people needed motivation to change that once and for all. This is going to be it. I know. And I'm really excited personally for you to be releasing this one because behind the scenes, this is something you've been working on for some time. And you've been telling us about this for months and months and months, probably a year or longer. But you've always said it with such enthusiasm. And, you you know, I'm just really excited that this one is, is finally coming out because it seems like this has been a real personal, exciting project for you. Well, it has been, frankly, because it started out in a peculiar way. It started out with accidental discoveries where uh, the, the woman, Robin, who, who we talked about had menstrual cramps where we accidentally found the cure to it. Yeah. And then we did the research to show how does it work and, 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 and published our findings. That then led to looking at endometriosis. That ended, ended up looking, causing us to look into fertility. And all of these things were areas where you food was the last thing anybody thought would play a role. But it's so exciting to find out when it works. All right. Well, uh, definitely pre-order the book now and subscribe to the Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee on Apple Podcast. Again, wherever shows are available, new episodes for this series will be released each and every Tuesday for the foreseeable future, featuring some of the most incredible stories you have ever heard and the science behind the hormone, uh, the hormone related science behind them. It is really just fascinating stuff. Thank you, Jeff.
So that segment, when we recorded it live on Facebook, we streamed it live, within a matter of hours, more than 13,000 people had tuned in to watch. And that got me to wondering, just how common are thyroid disorders? Did a little research, headed over to the American Thyroid Association website, and they say that an estimated 20 million Americans have some form of thyroid disease, and more than 12% of the entire U.S. population will at some point in their life have something. And for women, they say that women are five to eight times as likely as men to have one issue or another. You want to boil that down even further? One out of every eight women will develop an issue with their thyroid at some point during the course of their life. It's really a problem far more common than a lot of us realize, even around the office here. Putting together this segment, I was telling people about this research, and thyroid problems were just completely off the radar. Not anymore. Let's get some inspiration now. So we've got the facts. Now let's get some inspiration. We're about to hear from some people who have been in the trenches and then they fought back and they were able to bring those thyroid problems that had been plaguing them. They were able to bring them to a close, even at the astonishment of their own doctors. As a matter of fact, one of them is a doctor, Dr. Mike Cowan a neurosurgeon in North Carolina. This guy is really the pillar of health. He was competing in all kinds of sports, thought he was being super healthy. And then one day out of the blue, his blood work came back and it showed that his thyroid was underperforming. It was sluggish. Turns out Dr. Cowan had hypothyroidism. And then also joining us for this conversation is Wendy Sachs. And she is a film producer from the New York area. And in that industry, you want to talk about stress. Man, the stress in that can just be crippling. And Wendy, she was on the opposite side of things as Mike. So whereas Mike had hypothyroidism, she had a hyperthyroid. And she started to gain weight. And then she noticed that her hair was becoming brittle. It was fragile. And her moods were just swinging left and right. There were just these dramatic swings. And a lot of times she felt like she was in this deep, dark place. Now, as we said at the top, Mike and Wendy could not be any more different if they tried. Except for one thing. They were able to completely turn around their fortunes after changing their diet. Continuing our look at the upcoming book, Your Body in Balance, we have Dr. Mike Cowan and Wendy Sachs. And Mike and Wendy, you guys have extraordinary stories that factor in and are featured prominently in the book and we have hyperthyroidism and hypothyroidism and Mike I want to start with you if you could just share with us a little bit about your story 
Uh, you are a, a neurosurgeon, is that correct? That's right. I'm a neurosurgeon in Charlotte, North Carolina. Accent kind of gives it away a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> when did you first kind of recognize that, hey, something's amiss here? So, uh, interestingly enough, I didn't really notice. I was involved in pretty high-level athletics. I was a competitive cyclist and uh, performed in uh, several triathlons and and several other sports. Um, But uh, other than just my normal fatigue from work and sports, working, you know, getting up at 4 in the morning and going to bed at 11 o'clock at night, I didn't have a real reason uh, or uh, reason to think anything was odd. Honestly, uh, my labs uh, on routine annual physicals were what were what what were brought up with the hypothyroidism. Mm-hmm. So, so it kind of came as a complete shock to you a little bit, huh? It was a little bit of a shock. I got to say, my primary care physician, who's an internist in town and a good friend of mine, told me that uh, you know that we had been watching this now for four years, that it had been elevated for four years, and that uh, it was now time to go on medication. And I said, John. You never told me. I've never. This is the first time I've heard about this. And so, being a uh, uh, complete, thorough uh, physician that he is, he pulls out the records and shows me that for the last uh, four years, he's told me about it every single time. One of the things that I've learned since working with the physicians committee is that just because a person is quote unquote physically fit, they're an athlete, competitive, very active out there. You would look at them. You would never think that anything's wrong. I think that the majority of people think that you see somebody like that, there is nothing wrong. They're completely healthy. You're a doctor. You've been to school. You've studied medicine. Did you still kind of have that same perception? Like, were you surprised that there could still be something wrong with you as fit as you were? Yeah, I was I was surprised, and I was also um, self-conscious about it. I mean, I, I didn't take vitamins. I didn't have any medical conditions. And so to all of a sudden be labeled with something like, hypothyroidism um, and at the time I didn't appreciate where it was probably really coming from I just thought it was uh, something that had developed I needed to take medicine for but right I was certainly opposed to taking any medicine I can tell you that <laughs> and where was it coming from what did you discover you know I don't really know I think I think Hashimoto's thyroiditis from what I understand and my understanding is very limited is it is probably much more environmental um, I was fortunate enough to talk to my sister, who has a lot of experience in, in such things, and she gave me some advice. And so I actually started to look into uh, some alternative um, food treatments, but then uh, discovered uh, whole, based, uh, whole food, plant-based nutrition. And once I made the change, literally within a couple of weeks, I, I felt like a completely different person. So my levels six months later were normal, um, and that's all I can put together. I don't have any other... Uh, scientific information to offer other than that. Real quick, Wendy, before I, I, I get to you, uh, I want to finish up with you, Mike, by asking, how was this impacting your life? You know, what effects was this having? You know, what's what's interesting is I, I probably had been dealing with the subclinical hypothyroidism fairly well, but for most of my life I've spent um, burning the candle at both ends, um, working excessively, uh, playing excessively, and so I think that once I switched uh, my diet, uh, the hypothyroidism probably was affecting me a lot, but it, there's no doubt that just my diet in general was weighing me down significantly, and I didn't realize it. All right, now we're going to go from a doctor in the South to a filmmaker up in New York. 
Wendy, you're you're not only at the opposite end of the geographic spectrum. Uh, he was hypo had hypothyroidism. You had hyperthyroidism. Talk to us a little bit about the symptoms that you were experiencing. Um, well, very similar to Mike, I was um, working excessively, and as a result, I was ignoring a lot of the symptoms. But among them were um, weight gain, mm-hmm. which was unusual for hyperthyroidism, but that was my diagnosis. Um, I was having a lot of trouble waking up in the morning, which was also very unusual because I loved my job and I loved what I did. Right. And I uh, usually had a lot of energy, so I was working uh, both sides of the day, uh, right. day and night, but um, had known myself to be fairly energetic, and I was having a lot of sluggishness, um, not thinking clearly. My nails were brittle, my hair was falling out, so um, I, but I was too busy to realize I was ill. Um, and again, on a routine annual exam is where the numbers showed up uh, on a blood test. How long were you experiencing these symptoms before you decided to go and get everything looked at? Um, I'd say it may be a few years. Okay. A few years, I think. You, you talk about the, the lack of energy. Over those few years, did it keep getting progressively worse? I don't know, because I was just working, and it was just thing. I just kept thinking, get up, go to work. It, uh, it wasn't bad enough to stop anything, but I didn't realize um, until I started getting better how much it was weighing me down. Right, right. Do, do you think that because you were so sluggish and you were having such a hard time getting up and, you know, things were just, I assume, moving at a slower pace internally maybe? That's the way that I'm kind of interpreting this. Was that affecting the quality of, of your life, the quality of your work? I know filmmaking, that's a demanding business. That's a very demanding business. Yeah. I found I could be really sharp on the job when I needed to show up. It, it was almost like an adrenaline a rush would get me through those moments, um, but it, at the end of the day, I would be exhausted. Is it almost like drinking an entire pot of coffee and you get all amped up and then you kind of hit that wall, you, you, you have that crash? It wasn't the kind of coffee anxiety kind of hyper, just... Um, in my head, it was, oh, my God, there's this deadline. I can't leave work now because this had to get done, and that has to get done, and this has to get it. But not not exactly like coffee. And I would imagine, you know, in that industry where there is a lot of vanity to it, you know, being especially, you know, in front of the camera, but everybody wants to look good, you know, you have symptoms like brittle nails and hair loss. It had to be pretty concerning for you, right? Thankfully, I was behind the camera. <laughs> but still, right? I mean, you're, you're walking around with, you know, I would yeah. assume actors, actresses, maybe documentary subjects. Yeah. You know? Now, I noticed that I was holding on to weight that I didn't used to, and I just blamed it on being, being 50 years old, 40, you know, 49, 50 years old. But in fact, as soon as I changed my diet, all of that, all of that completely reversed itself. As soon as I changed diet, I lost 27 pounds in six weeks. Holy cow. And wow. it was just about going plant-based. I moved Whoa. from, and I thought I had a healthy diet because back in the 90s, I'd stopped eating meat. Right. But I was still eating chicken and fish and dairy, and I had no idea that the animal product plus the dairy plus gluten, I think, at the time, or I was told those were the three things I had to get off of and switch the whole diet to plant um, plants. I had no idea that that was going to 
uh, reverse what I was going through. Did you try any other course of treatments before changing your diet? No. My endocrinologist wanted to give me medication and told me that the medication was a radioactive thing that was going to kill my thyroid, and I'd have to be on medication for the rest of my life. And like you, I was like, no, I really don't want the medication. And he said, I'll give you three months to find an alternative. And thankfully, within that time, I went to a lecture. I heard a plant-based doctor, Dr. Furman. I didn't know Dr. Barnard at the time. But um, I heard a plant-based doctor speak, and he said, follow my... I didn't even know it was an autoimmune condition. All I knew is that my thyroid numbers were off. And correct me if I'm wrong, but that lecture that you went to, you were actually going, I believe, to on your mother's behalf to try to learn something for her, right? I was. My mother had high cholesterol, and I saw that a doctor was speaking about getting off of your medications and solving cholesterol, and I knew she was having some side effects from medication. So I went to the lecture thinking I was going for my mother, and lo and behold, I didn't realize it would change my own life. That's a, that's a nice little bit of fate right there, isn't it? Uh, same question for you, Mike. Were you prescribed a more traditional course of treatment? And I'm going to put traditional in quotes there, or was it straight to dietary adjustments? Uh, no, I was basically told, I mean, I wasn't given any options other than um, medication. I believe we had made the decision we were going to check the labs one more time and see um, see if they were still as elevated as they had been. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Um, uh, and then, like I said, I, I, I spoke with my sister who had gone through a lot of diet changes over the years and had a lot of experience with, um, I believe it was Patterson's book on medical medium. Is that correct? Is that a, um, and had given, there were some different foods that I could try, but they were rather exotic that I was going to have to try different foods. And I just, um, once I found out about the plant-based diet, watched a few videos and was uh, in utter shock that I'd, you know, going through medical school and practicing for almost 20 years i never knew any of this information so it was an easy decision for me just to just to just to change um and then you know i would say the hypothyroidism is what made me start to really think about those things significantly um the change came from realizing the information that was in front of me and then of course i started to think okay this will be i'll be curious to see if my levels are normal is it still surprising to you how quickly you know these changes in the body happen after somebody switches? Um, I was told mine was going to take six months to reverse, but in fact, six weeks later, my numbers, I had the test and my numbers were back to normal. The antibodies took a while to come down, but my thyroid levels were normal. How did you feel when you got those results back? I couldn't believe it. Not only that, but the doctors, the endocrinologist's office wouldn't return my call when I kept asking about the blood tests. And finally, a woman got on the phone and said, "Um, ma'am, we do not give results when the numbers are normal. And I (laughs) responded like I had no idea my numbers were normal. All I know is that Dr. So-and-so had asked me to call back. And so I just kept calling back until I got a response. And then I said he'd also asked me to come in. Um, so I made an appointment to come in, even though my numbers were normal. And unfortunately, he had no interest in um, my now newly discovered lifestyle that really? had changed so just you know so incredibly. But, and um, he just said, "Well, anybody could write anything about anything. Uh, leave the paper on the secretary's desk on your way out." How would you recommend you know, somebody begin a conversation like that with their with their doctor? You know, try to get them to listen. To give the profession adequate respect, when I went back to my primary care physician, um, he immediately picked up the phone and called Dr. Furman and said, could you explain 
what's going on. Oh, so wow. Dr. Furman, as Dr. Barnard, had a resource for doctors, a special call, a special phone number, and doctors could call and he would go through all the science. The other thing I want to say that the biggest surprise was how delicious the food was. <laughs> and so the pleasure of having really colorful, really delicious, really amazing recipes also made a difference. I, I can't end this interview without asking you, Mike. We, we heard about you know the joy that Wendy had at that six-week mark when she got her results back. When your levels came back, I mean, was there that sense of, oh, my goodness gracious, look at what happened here? Yeah, I, I, was, I was quite happy about it. But, you know, by that time, I'd already changed my diet and was totally convinced for a lot of other reasons that I was doing the right thing. I felt better. Um, like Wendy said, I couldn't believe all the food that I was eating now that I'd never eaten before. I couldn't believe how good it tasted. Um, and in, in reference to a question or, or comment a few minutes ago about, you know, going back and changing things the way they were, I actually had a, a trial of that about six months into it. We were on a, a vacation, family vacation abroad, and I could not avoid cheese. We were in Italy, and, I, and <laughs> it was very difficult. And I noticed, uh, so I just said, I'm not going to worry about it. Cheese probably isn't that big a deal. At that time, I didn't have the education that I do now about what really goes on in the body and cheese. And it was amazing at the end of three weeks, just after eating very small amounts of what was small compared to the previously of cheese, but not eating any meat or any other animal protein, how bad I felt. Gained about seven pounds. Wow. Um, You know, it was just, that was very, very telling. So, whatever that's worth. That's in seven pounds in that one vacation, huh? Yeah, well, it was a three-week vacation. Oh, all right. Well, I mean, it is Italy after all, right? And it was Italy. Dr. Mike Cowan, Wendy Sachs, thank you all very much for your time. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Those are two really remarkable stories. And in the book, Your Body and Balance by Dr. Barnard, he goes in greater depth about their journeys. Maybe maybe you're one of the millions who are experiencing issues just like Mike and Wendy. Or maybe you know someone who is. It is definitely worth picking up a copy of the book to see if you then can find some hope, find some inspiration, find some information, some tips that can help you follow in their footsteps. But for inspiration, we're not done yet. Next up is Jean Schumacher. She's a teacher from New York whose thyroid was so out of control that she too, like Wendy, was gaining a great deal of weight. And then she was tired all the time. She was chronically ill. And then one day, rushed to the hospital with a fever that had spiked at 105 degrees. On that day, her blood pressure was also sky high. And life-threatening as it is, Jean said that was the turning point for her. She doesn't regret going through that because that is when she made the connection between food, her hormones, and her health. The Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee with the weight loss champion Chuck Carroll. Today, the focus is all about the thyroid, and I'm sitting across the table from a remarkable woman who I cannot wait for her to share her story with you because when I read this, I was just blown 
away. Your transformation is just incredible. Gene Schumacher, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor to be here. It's really an honor for me to be sitting across from you because, like I was just saying, like reading up on you and everything that you went through, and then here you are today, just perfectly happy and healthy. Just a few years ago, before yeah. you, you had this transition, like you probably never even thought that this would be possible. No. It's changed my life. Yeah. It really has. Well, let's talk a little bit about why you are here today, because you changed your life, and hopefully somebody hearing this will say, hey, well, that's me too. I can change my life as well. Um, you had a problem with your thyroid. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, it was before that. Oh, okay. um, I think like many, many of us, I had to hit a brick wall mm-hmm. that you, you get to that point where you're just not feeling well or healthy. And in this case, I had 105 degree, it was between 105 and 106 degree fever. And I'm like, okay, I think it's time to go to the emergency room. Yeah. And my blood pressure was about 250 over 150. I mean, like I should not be here, you know, I was very sick and I was in the hospital for a week. I, never so sick in my life. But and they never figured out why, and I really don't care. Well, hold, hold on. That <laughs> blood pressure again one more time? Can you? 250 over 150. How are you even up and walking around? I know. Wow. I know. So don't know. Don't. I think, you know, there was a, somebody up there said, I need to get your attention. Do I have your attention? Yes, sir. Uh-huh. You have my attention. Yeah, no kidding. So I'd never been so sick in my life. But the good news is, and here was, here was the miracle, okay? The woman who was attending me was not only a medical doctor, but she was a nutritionist mm. as well. Such a rare combination. That is rare. And every day she came in. And sometimes you have to hit me over the head with a two-by-four, you know, <laughs> to just, like, really get my attention. That's like, oh, yes, got it. Okay, right. ready? Right, right. So she kept coming in and saying, what do you eat? You know, tell me about your diet. And, and she kept focusing on that. And it was like... Oh, like there's a connection? Mm. Hello? So, <laughs> so I went to see her afterwards uh, as a nutritionist, and she started me on prevent and reverse heart disease, and I haven't looked back since. Well, let's let's give uh, some background here leading up to that day. Um, I want to. I think that a lot of times when, as adults, we reach this point when we're so unhealthy that we wind up in the hospital right. on a bad occasion like this. Right. This is really kind of the culmination of a lifetime worth of damage right. leading up to that. That's true. So, as a child, what was your diet like? What were you eating? And were you it, overweight? Uh, my whole family is. Okay. I mean, we're morbidly obese on both sides of my family, and you know, anytime we have family gatherings. You know, it's all about the food sure. and and who can bring the highest caloric density food. You know, <laughs> it's a contest. It's a con- it's an unofficial <laughs> contest. Who can bring the highest caloric density food and, and everybody goes crazy over it and, sure. and eat. And that's what we do. We eat from the time we get together. We eat from the time we get together till the time we leave, you know, and. But, I mean, growing up, I mean, we had five kids and, you know, basically we started out with, with you know, uh, my mother was always good. We always started with a salad and then we had two vegetables and then a meat. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty rare that we had dessert. There was no soda in the house or candy. That wasn't until, like, like, like I escaped and got outside of the <laughs> house and went, oh, my God. Right. You know, and, and Dr. Barnard talks about this gene, you know, that that is – people that are more addictive to food in in that and i'm like that's my family oh yeah that's my family oh yeah without question 
I mean, we didn't have gambling or drug addiction, you know, smoking. I think we smoked for all of us smoked for like ten seconds in college, or you know, and you know, we're for, good. We're yeah, we we're like, yeah, this this is not fun. Yeah. This is disgusting. Yeah. And, you know, and then moved on. But we never had any other major addictions in our family, but food was a big one. Mm. So everybody is is pretty obese in my family. And so, you know, growing up that way, we always were, we were always on a diet, you mm. know, always. My mother was, whatever the diet du jour was, you know, the grapefruit diet, you know, I'm so gl- grateful yeah. that we never got to the tapeworm diet. Have you oh, heard of oh, this God, one? Oh, God, no. Oh, that just sounds hideous. What what is the tapeworm diet? Do oh my I God. even want to know? Do <laughs> I even your... want to know? I know this is crazy, right? Yeah. You they literally put tapeworm tapeworm larvae into a sugar pill, and and you swallowed that, and you got the larvae, and the larvae grew inside of you, and it was great because the larvae got to eat all your food, <laughs> and you didn't have to eat it. The the side effect though is they had to take the the larvae out later, you know, at, when it got big, you know, because they would grow huge. So you'd have to have it surgically removed. But apart from that, it was a great way to lose weight. But, I mean, that was like in the 20s and the 30s they did that. They actually did that. Wow. So, but I'm grateful that our family never got to that point. I, um, I, I, I just can't. I mean, I don't know where to take the interview after that. I mean, that's a showstopper right there. I know, right? That is the most insane thing I have ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. The craziest diet I ever went on was something called the cookie diet, where you eat two cookies a day and you... You know, anything but a cookie, you know. But yeah. anyway, it's like a sponge that just happened to have a raisin. You drink water. Theory is it expands in your stomach and is supposed to keep you full. And then you eat a sensible dinner, which they never defined. So does this thing work? Of course not. Probably no. it works as well as the tapeworm diet. I, you know, that's well, just crazy time. I know. Well, I'd been on every diet known to mankind. Oh, I yeah. mean, seriously. Yeah. You know, Weight Watchers, Jenny Craig. I mean, and, and you, you, you do fine for a little bit of time. But as soon as you stop, the weight comes back. And then some. Yeah. So you've gone, you know, this yo-yo thing. And I always thought, you know, I thought I did pretty well eating, you know, and my health was in, in general pretty well. But it was funny because when I connected with Dr. Dr. Barnard, he had me go back and look back. And I went and got and took – I sat in the doctor's office and I got my sedimentary layer of file, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I started going through this going, I was really pretty sick. I mean, you know, so you would get sick. I would have, you know, UTIs or migraines or I, I, I'm a teacher. Mm-hmm. Okay. I teach in high school. So I've got kids coughing, hacking, sneezing on me all day long. Oh, yeah. And you would get the cold sometime in the fall and then you would get better and then you get another one because your immune system's low. And then for the whole winter, you just have this chronic cough, cold, you know, going on. And now I don't. You know, I don't get sick. And if I do get sick, it's pretty rare, but I might be down for a day, you know, instead of like weeks. I remember when when I was still overweight, like the cold would very quickly turn into a bronchitis situation for me. Was it similar for you? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. It would go into my chest or, you know, some, it would get massive and you you could feel your immune system going down. I mean, just in yep. trying to deal with it. But it's because we were, you know, eating the wrong foods right, right. that wasn't healing our body. But once I started this whole progression of 
going down this path, I mean, from prevent and reverse heart disease, I mean, I didn't stop. I mean, I started going to plant stock, which is at the farm of Caldwell Esselstyn, yep. you know, and yep. did that uh, for five years um, while they still had it at the, the farm. And, and I immersed myself in this culture and this lifestyle and learning how to change my health and my health destiny. And so as I started to change this way, one of the things I, you know, started realizing my thyroid started going wonky. Mm-hmm. And so that's when my doctor, you know, in the blood work picked it up and she said, you know, your thyroid's starting to go. And I said, okay. And so she handed me a prescription and, you know, I'm looking at the prescription. I'm like, doc, this has got four refills on this. How long am I supposed to be on this medicine? She's like, for the rest of your life. Mm. I'm like, no. She's like, well, I've never seen in my years of being a, a medical doctor anybody heal their thyroid. Right, right. Once it starts to go, that's it. You need to have a synthetic thyroid to help, you know, regulate your body. And like, there's got to be, no. So what was actually happening and what Dr. Bernard, Barnard and I have figured out is like as I started to release a lot of the toxins that were inside of me, it started to throw my thyroid off. And once I got rid of a lot of the toxins, like 100 pounds worth, you know, <laughs> yep. then my, my thyroid started regulating itself and I didn't – and I came off the medication. Well, let's, let's – uh, the couple, couple things here. Um, before you made that transition, you, you were an adult. Right before you had that epiphany in the hospital and you, and right. you spoke with that nutritionist, you were – uh, because you were a teacher, were you also eating the school lunches during the day? And so can you walk us through, like, at that tipping point, what was your daily diet looking like? Up to that point, you know, I was um, – I just transitioned. I got married. Uh, this is 10 years ago. Well, happy so, 10. I know. Early or late or whichever it is. <laughs> so we just – I was in a transition in my life, you know, so moving uh, from one place and moving into the house my husband had and then I started a new job. Um, so in the school where I was at provided breakfast, lunch and dinner. It's a private school. Mm-hmm. So – and the food is pretty good I have to say, you okay. know, in general. But they do – you know, with a few minor tweaks, we could make it – take it to Jedi level. Yeah. You know? yeah. They still use a lot of oil and salt but they do provide a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables. So, you know – but they also used a lot of fried foods and things like that. So, you know, not the, you know, they were still serving animal products, things, you know, and and uh, and, and some things to, for the kids, you know, like junk food, you know, potato chips and things. And that's probably my Achilles heel to this day yeah. is potato chips, you know. It's that fat-salt combo. Yes. And you talk about that yes. addiction gene. Man. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. I, that's it right I there. I feel your pain. I that's absolutely it. feel your pain. And, and, you know, we kept a pretty clean house, I thought, you know, in terms of food. Um, I would only have maybe perhaps when I first started in the beginning, I might still have a little bit of yogurt, Mm -hmm. um, maybe uh, some cheese. That was a tough one. (laughs) Oh, well, as you know, I mean, you just talk to Dr. Barnard about the cheese yes. trap. Yeah, I mean, that is the hardest thing for a lot of people to give up. Well, I have to say, after I did the series of, of <laughs> interviews with Dr. Barnard on the cheese trap, that was it. The Kasu Marsu, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, he talked about that. Have you heard about this? I have, yeah. 
I'm like, after that one, I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. Uh, I'm just going to tap out now. Thank you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. My fr- my question, though, is who started making cheese to begin with? How did that happen? Did like did we have like a pot, you know, a bucket of milk, and then somebody stuck their foot into it to wash it, and then came yeah. back and said, hey, this tastes pretty yummy. <laughs> How did this happen? I mean, I don't know. Probably the ancestors of the people that thought up the tapeworm diet. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, really, I have no idea how we come up with any of that stuff. But, man, it probably was just by mistake. You know, somebody washing their feet. No, lo and behold, you know, it's solidified. Let's eat it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Ew. Anyway, anyway. Yeah, no, but once I did that series with <laughs> Dr. Barnard, that was it with cheese. I'm like, I'm done. No. So so after you're in the hospital and you you were working with this doctor who just happened to be the nutritionist as well, it sounds to me like you went vegetarian more so than full on vegan. Just right? You know, in the beginning, almost everything else went. I mean, meat went right away. Okay. Okay. And it was just maybe a little bit of cheese and a little bit of yogurt. Okay. Um, and that was it. But that wasn't long. Okay. I mean, that was a couple of months. Right, um, right. And then that was it. You know, I kept reading and reading more and reading more. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I got to get rid of all of, you know, I got to clean it out. Right, right. And that was it. So it's been it's been a journey. Mm-hmm. And I've seen such changes, you know, not, not only in myself – but it's just in my demeanor. I mean, it's changed my life. I mean, you know, and all I want to do now is help other people to, to change their health destiny. For sure. For and sure. to see that you don't have to live this, you know, in pain and suffering and in, in illness. Right. Because honestly, I don't want – I don't recommend the hospital. <laughs> just saying. I don't know anybody just that would. Saying. It's not exactly the vacation you're looking for. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, so – Again, so your thyroid kind of started freaking out as you were starting to lose weight. As I was starting to lose weight, okay. and it was really, I was releasing a lot of toxins because there's two types of chemicals. I'm, I'm a chemistry teacher; I can't uh, help. You it. are qualified. Go right ahead. <laughs> so, you know, there's fat soluble, there's water soluble. Uh-huh. Okay, if it's water soluble, you're going to pee it out. Okay, sure. if it's fat soluble, it's just going right into your cells. And a lot of these chemicals, your fat almost like builds around it mm. to protect it, almost like a like an oyster. You know how an oyster gets a little sand of grain inside? Yeah. You get that sand of grain, and then to protect itself, it builds this layer, and hence a pearl comes out. Well, I can't compare the fat to a pearl, but (laughs) that's kind of like the idea we're going for here. But that's what happens is you get these fat pockets, and they become these toxic dumps. And so you're releasing a lot of these toxins. And so that's one of the things that happens as you start to, you know, transition. I help people to transition. I've got an online program to help people. And one of the things I get comments frequently from from people that are going through it, I felt better eating crap, you know, and it's like, okay, because your body is healing. Yeah. So you've got to go through this. You're going to get through it. Yeah. You know, and it your body's going to start to heal, but you got to get rid of these toxins. Yeah. And you know, you could have headaches. You could feel like you're coming down with a cold or flu mm-hmm. or pimples or rash. You know, something along those lines. And yeah, I, I mean, I I talk about this frequently on the show. When I would diet before I you know lost the weight for good, like I would by that second or third day where I wasn't getting fast food, like I. Yeah. I mean, I was all out of whack. 
I was yeah. not a pleasant gentleman to be around. I did feel like I had the cold or flu. I mean, I flew. I, mean, I flew into a rage, you know, put yeah. my fist through a wall just because I wasn't getting, you know, fast food, which sounds ridiculous, but no, it's, it's true. And, and I think, you know, here you are talking about that being a very real kind of chemical reaction. Like, yeah. it's, it's a thing. It's a it's a real honest to god thing. It is. Yeah. It's food addiction. It's real. Yeah. I mean and, and not having it and the cravings for that fast food, it takes a long time for that to mm-hmm. dial down mm-hmm. and to go away. But the good news is once you do clean your system out, yeah. And you have those moments that you deviate. Like I was tutoring this is hilarious. This was like one of those Mayday calls. You know, <laughs> help, can you come and tutor him? He's got a test tomorrow. Okay. So I go over to the house and I was there for quite a few hours. And I didn't, I usually bring my food with me. Mm-hmm. So this time I, you know, I brought my food, but that was not, I didn't bring, plan for an extended. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> this was a Mayday call. So I got you. All right. So on the way home, I saw a bagel place and I'm like, oh, bagel. And as God is my witness, my intention was to just go get a whole wheat, you know, whole grain bagel, and that was it. Just toasted, that was it. Right. Nothing on it. We're good. But I was a cream cheeseaholic, you know. <laughs> I, I, I will admit it, you know. I'll be the first to go, hi, I'm Gene Schumacher. I'm a food addict. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy goes to me. He says, we have a new cream cheese, and it's got um walnuts and raisins and cinnamon and honey do you want some and i'm like yes uh-huh i couldn't i i couldn't couldn't stop yeah the f- the filter was there so and he slathered it on oh my god mm-hmm. and i ate it like somebody had just been released from jail you know <laughs> so, i scarfed that baby down yeah. and yeah. i went down the road 10 minutes I had to pull over. I felt like somebody had a samurai sword going through my gut. Whoa. And, it, you know, I just kind of curled up in the seat. And literally, I I was I was in a fetal position. And I sat there for a good 10, 15 minutes before I could start driving again. That's how, right. that's how bad the attack was. Right. And then I get home. And I'm like, I literally crawl up to my bed and I'm in a fetal position on my bed mooing. And my husband comes home and he's like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I eat a bagel. You know, and he's like, it took about six, seven hours for it to go through. Yeah. And have I had cream cheese since that time? No. No. <laughs> I remember the pain. No, but I bet you you've had a, like a fleeting craving for it though, haven't you? Um, not really because really? I, rem- I remember that pain. Okay. The pain wins. Okay. I mean, literally, the discomfort that I had was phenomenal. And the other thing, and I call this like peeling back layers of an onion, uh-huh. that as you start to learn about your body, you start to realize, like, for example, I cannot have salt mm. at all. Mm-hmm. I'm, ex- I'm extremely salt sensitive to the point that even just um, a, a bag of potato chips now will raise my blood pressure like ridiculous. Wow. Like just within 10, 15 minutes. Wow. I mean, even after I went to, I'm not going to say what restaurant, but I went to get a black bean soup, mm-hmm. eight ounces, mm-hmm. eight. I want you to understand small, soup, small sure. cup of soup. Right. Okay. Yeah. I ate that and a salad and I didn't even make it out to the car. And my, I thought my head was going to split open. 
Goodness. So I didn't, you know, I made sure it was, you know, plant-based, no oil, you know, the whole bit. But I forgot to ask about salt, which is one of the worst things you can do eating out in restaurants mm-hmm. is the salt is, oh, yeah. is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. So I found out that that one cup of soup had 56% of the daily nutritional requirement for salt in that one cup. Hello. And I wouldn't eat that in a month. No. Never mind in one sitting. So it just overwhelmed my system. So I cannot have salt, which limits me in terms of going out. For sure. You know, um, I I typically pack my own food. Well, yeah, let's let's talk about so, that because I think that people are always curious. Of, well, if you don't eat out, you know, what do you do? How do you take care of yourself when you're out there? I know. Well, even just like coming down here, mm-hmm. okay, we drove last night. So I had prepared food. And had it into uh, little glass trays, and then I put it into a mini Hot Logic, which heats the food up gently. And so we have it plugged into the car because they have a converter. Nice. So we stopped along the way because no rest stop is going to have food that I can eat no. in any way, shape, or form no. at all. Mm-mm. And so we just pulled out the little mini Hot Logic, went into the rest stop, you know, and sat at a table and just pulled out our food and started eating it. Hmm. And it was hot and ready because I like a hot meal. Of course. I do. Of course. And it was delicious. So then I have a cooler in the car right now that has uh, yogurt in it. It's got some muesli that we made. Um, It's got some fruit. And I'm going from here to my sister-in-law's house, and I've got my two Instant Pots in the car and my air fryer because she's moving in. (laughs) And her house isn't set up. Her kitchen's not set up yet. And so I'm bringing my Instant Pots with me, and I've got all the makings to make a sweet potato stew and the Instant Pot and rice. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have dinner for tonight. Cool. So – but I typically carry all my food with me. They call me the bag lady at school. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, there are worse things, I suppose. So I come in, you know, I've got my purse, my briefcase, and my big cooler. I mean, it's a huge cooler that I carry with me. And I've got two canteens usually that I have with either, you know, tea or water in it. And then – and I do have on uh, Instagram, I post what's in my cooler today. Nice. Or I have plant-based Westchester, uh, plant-based Cape Cod, plant-based Boston, plant-based Providence. There's a whole bunch of them out there um, that I help run and get the word out on. So I post in there periodically what's in my cooler today. And this is primarily what I'll eat for the day. Nice. So uh, – People can see what do I carry. So usually I have a main dish that's usually you know starch based mm-hmm. that has some kind of stew or beans and rice, something like that. And you know I'll start with salads first. Mm-hmm. Then I've got different snacks, you know, like carrots or celery or I love raw peas. Oh my god, I'm that's my raw peas, huh? Oh my god, okay. I'm so addicted to okay. raw peas. Trader Joe's. English peas. Mm-mm-mm. Okay. And that goes into one of my signature dishes. I make a – it's called a spring pea risotto. Ooh. And when you make it raw, you put the raw peas, yeah. it has a little bit of a crunch to it. Nice. You know, Oh. Nice. The food's amazing. Yeah. And there's a lot uh, on my website, Simply Plant Based. There's a lot of recipes. And as one of my thanks to Dr. McDougall, because I learned a lot from him, you know, along the way. I mm-hmm. mean, all of these guys, you know, Dr. Barnard, Dr. McDougall, Dr. Oh, sure. Colin, yeah. you know, T. Colin Campbell. I mean, they're just amazing. Dr. Esselstyn. I mean, just 
some people follow rock stars. I follow medical doctors. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're you you're know? rock stars. That's who they are to you. you know? They are. They're your idols. I mean, these they are, are the guys that, you know, they're not these just. These are my heroes. Yeah. They're, they're not just providing enjoyment on your commute or out on a run or anything like that. You know, these guys are legitimately changing lives. And that's the coolest thing. That is. Yeah. When you can change somebody's life, you know. Let's talk about how your life has changed, your quality of life. I don't think that we, like, really covered that. So. How much weight did you lose in all? At this point, it's been 100 pounds. Good job. And, you know, and I've kept it off. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I still have more to go. It's a journey. I mean, especially when you pass menopause, it's like you're fat. <laughs> My fat and I have been together for a long time, and it does not want to give up the strong relationship, BFFs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it doesn't want to give up the mothership. <laughs> So I'm still working. It's a it's a journey. But I I look more towards not so much the weight loss, mm -hmm. but I've got my health back. Yeah. So how compare your quality of life before then? Like were there a lot of aches and pains in your oh, joints? Were you able to keep up with the energy of your students? Now I have so much energy, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, the energy is off the charts. It's very clear. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my day usually starts about 6 o'clock, and I'm usually up till 10, 11, 12 every night. Mm -hmm. And it's not just, you know, sitting back watching TV. I'm usually doing, like, like you, podcasts. I'm doing interviews. I'm doing connecting with other people to help them change their life. So, you know, I'm, I'm constantly doing things. <clears throat> But my health overall, I used to have migraines. Mm -hmm. No migraines. I haven't had one in forever. Um, UTIs, rare. It's a rare thing. I used to have one like once a month. Wow. I mean, wow. Once I was starting yeah. to go through menopause and stuff like that, I would have them all the time. And it, and I went to a doctor, and it was interesting. I went to a, uro a female urologist who – her whole clientele was like me. All women heading through menopause that were having UTIs. Mm. That was the, her whole practice, mm. pretty much. She was a gynecologist, urologist. I mean, it's like, wow. So, and I said, what is, you know, she had no answers for me. You know, I kept asking questions. Right. What can I, nothing. Yeah, I got nothing for you. <laughs> you know? It just happens. It's part it's, of life. Right. So, okay. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, moving on from that, I've not had a urinary tract infections. No, and if I do get sick, it's like I get sick once, you know, like maybe I might feel low and yeah. I might go to bed for the de for the afternoon and then that's it. Yeah. Um. But I have kids coughing, hacking, sneezing on me all the time. And honestly... I, I don't get sick anymore, nor does my husband. My husband, you know, he's a few years older than I am, and he's working in a company where it, he's by far the oldest. You know, the average age in the company is like 30. And he's got people around him that are sick all the time. Yep. As a matter of fact, one of his coworkers had, had a gangrene appendix. Oh, my God. At like, and it's like 33. And the doctor said to him, you might want to change your diet. And he did for about two weeks. That was it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. How about keeping it changed? But I wonder if the doctor gave him any, you know, sort of solid advice to follow. Because as you and I both know, doctors aren't trained in nutrition. It's not part of the medical school curriculum. No. And unless they seek it out, they're going to right. be going through their entire medical career in the dark. Right. 
And that's Absolutely. unfortunate. And that's a big part of what we do at the Physicians Committee as well, you know, to try to school up the doctors. You know? and, and we need that. Mm-hmm. How can you not understand that the, fuel, that the food that's going in here is the fuel that runs this body? And there's no correlation between the food that you're eating and your health, really? But we don't make that connection until your body literally breaks. And then hopefully you do wind up getting that doctor who's also a nutritionist and understands. And then once you get it explained to you, you take that step back and it's like, well, that makes all the sense in the world. Why wasn't I able to connect the dots earlier? I know. You know? Well, I use this analogy. When, when I win lotto. When? There you go. Okay. The power of positive thinking. Absolutely. (laughs) Putting it out there. Okay. My first purchase is going to be a 1969 metallic blue convertible Corvette. 427, please. Go ahead. Come give me a ride. Oh, right? (laughs) Right? And kerosene, fantastic fuel. Runs jets. It's amazing. But if you take kerosene and you put it into that Corvette, Mm. that'll be a sad day because you're going to kill that car. Mm. You Mm. are going to kill that car. Mm. And I will cry. Yeah. So that's I equate that to what we're doing is we're putting the wrong fuel into our bodies and still expecting it to run. Well, let's uh, let's wrap up. Let's let's talk some numbers here, shall we? So uh, your your thyroid levels how how are they now? I know that perfect. they were like super high. Perfect. Yeah, they were perfect. Um, and my, my all my blood work is extraordinary. Cholesterol's good. Oh, my cholesterol was like 152. Ooh, look at you go. Look I at know. you go. I know. Okay. It's 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 crazy. Yeah. I mean, my blood work is pristine. It's right in the middle of everything, you know. You can't get much better than that. <laughs> and, you know, and I still I, I feel amazing. Yeah. I mean, the energy levels coming off of me are just incredible. Yeah. And I'm not in pain. I mean, I can still, I love to bike and hike and kayak, and I want to be doing this till the day I pass from this planet. Amen. And being out there on Cape Cod, <laughs> we're trying to get the Cape Cod, um, but that's where I want to be. And being out, on, they've got amazing bike trails and just the oceans, and I love sailing and being out on the water and kayaking. It's just incredible. Were you able so, to do a lot of that before this transition? Before you I was always very strong, okay. you know, in, in spite of the health issues that I had. So, you know, my family per se were all very, very strong people. And, you know, in spite of being overweight and carrying, and when I think back, like 100 pounds, that's like 10 10-pound 10 bowling balls mm-hmm. to carry around with you all the time. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. It's when I lot. think about yeah, so uh, we were strong people. So I was always still I was always biking and hiking, but now you know I wasn't ever in major pain or anything. You know that's why I always thought my health was pretty good in general mm-hmm. until I went back and reflected and went, no, I was pretty sick actually. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know. Right? Yeah, I mean, you said that you had a your, your, your doctor's pamphlet or your medical records was like a stack this thick. I yeah. know it was like a sedimentary layer, and I'm like, going, this is like ten years, you know, of just going to this doctor. Yeah, you know, never yeah. mind any other doctors that yeah. I've gone to over the years, but just with her, I'd been with her for ten years, and I went back and I sat, you know, for Doctor Barnard because he wanted some numbers. You know, when when did you go on? When did you stop? When did you know? So I I went back and I took pictures of everything, and it was crazy. Yeah. And I'm looking at this just very objectively, sitting back, looking at this, going, I was sick all the time. Yeah. I, you, you don't realize it 
Because you go through, you get better, and then you're fine, and right. you're going on through life, and you think everything's okay. Sure. But then you get sick again. Sure. And then you get sick again, and then you get better, and then you get sick again. It's and a cycle. It is. Yeah. And when you get on that medical treadmill, I mean, it's ridiculous, and and how expensive it is. Let's let's end on something uplifting. Uh, okay. Is there anything that you're able to do now that you weren't able to do before you transitioned? Was there any sort of bucket list adventure or something like that? Well, I think just I, I like being out on the water. Yeah. And it was getting to the point where I couldn't fit into my kayak anymore. Mm. You know? I mean, I just couldn't fit. It's just, you know. It's like an airplane seat. There's only so much room. Exactly. Yeah. So my kayak fits <laughs> with room to spare. Yeah. And, yeah. And I love kayaking. I love being out on the water. Yeah. You know, and to the point where my, my kayak used it when I could fit still, you know, at the point where I was still, still overweight and I could still barely fit into my kayak. My kayak was sitting so low <laughs> in the water that if there was any wind or whatever, it would whip over and it would sink my kayak. So I'd like have to get off, get out and oh, then man. dip the kayak, you know, dump yeah, it over yeah, and yeah. get the water out and then set off again. So it's not pleasant, you know, to, no. to kayak. Um, when you're that that level, um, horseback. I love horseback riding. Oh yeah. So you know, I love being able to do that because you know it, the poor horse. <laughs> you know, you know, you don't want to kill a horse. Think of the horse. <laughs> Think of the horse. So, um, so I love horseback riding. Yeah. So I love doing that yeah. um, and biking. You know, just being able to go out and bike um, and have that energy to be able to do those things. That, for me, is the big thing. Um, I bet every time you get in that kayak, you get up on the horse, or you go for that bike ride, that moment that you, you first sit down, it's like, wow, you know, this is a completely different experience. I'm in here. I've got room to spare. The horse is feeling great. I know. And I'm going to be able to bike a lot longer. Oh, absolutely. When I get in my car, I get in my car, and I look around. It's like, I feel like a little kid in the car, because there's so much room around yes. me. Yes. You know? Yes. Every single day I tell people when they ask about weight loss, I was like, well, obviously the health is the coolest thing. But it's like every single day I still feel like I'm seeing things through a new set of eyes. Like pinch me because I know. it's I have a completely new normal. Right. Where everything just kind of fits. Everything just kind of works. And all of those worries, that anxiety, it's just gone. You know? It's true. It's great. It's true. It's great. And the health is premium. And yours is premium. I know. I know. Your hormones are doing great. Your thyroid is Everything doing great. is yeah. amazing. And I, I can only thank the, the docs, you know, and say thank you to all of these guys who I stand on their shoulders, yeah. you know. Yeah. And say thank you so much for giving me my, my health back, my life back. And I, I, you know, so I'm paying it forward and helping others. You're going to be hard-pressed to find anyone who loves talking about health more than Gene. Super, super, super passionate about it. And it was really just a joy to sit with her as she shared her story. That was a fun conversation. I'll tell you the part that really stuck out to me was that conversation she referenced, the one that she had with her doctor when she had first gotten that prescription. And she looked down and it said four refills for thyroid medication four refills and then she turned to the doctor and she said well doc how long will I be on this the doctor told her I've never seen 
anyone come off of it. Now, clearly, that was not going to work for Gene. So, I hope that you are able to walk away from today's show armed with a pocketful of new knowledge and a whole lot of hope as well. Hope that you too, or someone you love, will be able to find some relief. It's important that you work with your doctor as you make these dietary adjustments. Let's keep that in mind. Today's show was part two of our Your Body and Balance series. The first episode featured Nina and Randon Nelson, twin sisters whose hormonal issues were causing them crippling acne. Crippling in that they wouldn't leave the house when their outbreaks were at their worst. After the antibiotics they were taking to clear things up started to actually make them feel sick, they were at a loss. They thought they were out of options. But that is when they too began to look at their diet. And suddenly, after making some changes, those outbreaks became a thing of the past. And their quality of life, man, it shot through the roof. The entire book, Your Body and Balance, is really dedicated to sharing the science behind these problems, thyroid issues and acne and a slew of other conditions like infertility and weight gain, menopausal symptoms, breast cancer, prostate cancer, diabetes, and how simple diet changes can have such a profound impact on your health and how all of that in turn is related to hormones really fascinating science so you can find a link to purchase the book in the episode notes below if you're listening on apple podcast or you can simply head over to pcrm.org slash your body and balance and dr barnard he my friend is going to be crisscrossing the country to share his hormonal science with you in person so if you're interested in attending a live event pcrm.org slash book tour is the place to go for a full list we've also posted a link to that in the episode notes below so head over there to check to see if he's coming to a city near you so heads up brooklyn new york richardson texas lodi california sacramento california cincinnati ohio columbus toledo ohio portland oregon fort myers and coral gables in florida dr barnard is headed your way and oh so 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 many more cities so pcrm.org slash book tour or click the link in the episode notes below that is the place to go to get the full rundown of events and right here in washington dc if you're in this area join us on friday night february 7th at busboys and poets for a special live podcast taping that is going to be a heck of a way to kick off that particular weekend. So we're going to get you inspired with some of the same stories that you've heard so far in this series, and we're going to get you coached up with so much of this information. So those hormones that are inside of you that may be going haywire, well, hopefully Dr. Barnard is going to be able to bring a little insight into your life so those hormones won't be going haywire anymore. And the ticket price for this event, February 7th, it also includes a copy of the book. So it's a really good deal, and we hope to see you there. You can reserve your spot at pcrm.org slash yourbodyandbalance. Again, a link to that is in the episode notes below. 
And while you're in the clicking mood, why not give us a follow on social media? Break open the Twitters, break open the Instagrams, at Chuck Carroll WLC, good for both places, and Dr. Barnard. He is at Dr. Neil Barnard on Twitter, Dr. Neil Barnard. And are you ready for this? Finally, after all these years, he's also on Instagram. Same name, at Dr. Neil Barnard, at Dr. Neil Barnard. And when he first went live on the gram, I'm telling you, Nobody was more excited about that than actress Mina Zuvari. I mean, she was popped. You should see this welcome message that she wrote. Tons of emojis on there, man. She was she was super, super, super excited. <laughs> uh, also, make sure that you subscribe to the Exam Room Podcast by the Physicians Committee on Apple Podcasts and wherever it is that you get your favorite shows so that you can be among the first to receive these episodes from the Your Body and Balance series each and every week. And when you subscribe, also please leave a five-star rating because that helps even more people find this life-changing and even life-saving information. And that's going to do it for us today on this second episode of the Your Body Imbalance series. My thanks again to Dr. Neil Barnard and Dr. Mike Cowan and Wendy Sachs and Gene Schumacher. Full house this week. Thank you to all of them. And for everyone here at the Physicians Committee, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for listening. <laughs>